Now we're recording. Okay. Well, cue intro music and welcome. Welcome, Ed. It's a day. You got that closer. Day a little later than we're used to, but that's okay. You know, if you want to pull that closer, you can. Yeah. There we go. And welcome to the show. Another, you know, another uh, round of conspiracy. Uh, You're around a conspiracy. <laughs> I need to get two of these mics, actually. No, 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 I don't know. Uh, I like this this one except for the Willie angle. So if you get it really close, it sounds better. Yeah, and a little more threatening to my oral sensitivity. It's all the way up too. Yeah, no, no, I'm just talking about the the psychological psychological effect that has on me. psychological effect. Yeah. I had a big mic in my face. Uh, so um, this week we were um, this week this on, week on late night. LNPNW presents Robert Myers presents In the Closet with <laughs> Eric Gonwales. Shout out to my uh, shout out to Mike again. Uh, hope he's out there and uh, he's getting ready to get out pretty soon. And the used car salesman, starring Eugene Wong. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, uh, big shout out again to uh, our good friend Aaron Whitlow. Yeah, and the barbecue master Aaron Whitlow. Mm. In your Batman voice. For all those of you who got a chance to try it, try his barbecue. Very good. It's called a Chuck Wagon Barbecue. You can catch him usually on the weekends over at Yakima or the Veterans Center on the Yakima Nation Reservation. Yeah, the mesquite uh, brisket is to die for. You will literally chop somebody's finger off for it. It's good. You know, I'm pretty sure it probably comes from. Yeah, he said he got the mesquite right from Texas. Yeah, so, he did. Yeah. Mm. So go down and try it, folks. If you shameless plug, but you know, uh, ain't like we're getting anything out of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not getting anything. So if anybody asks, there's no marketing fees. There's nothing. It's, it's just good. We there's a little it. ad I run before for Anchor, the actual host of the podcast. But uh, other than that, everything else we plug for free. Yeah, we. So uh, this week uh, we decided uh, alternate dimensions and realities. Weird realities. That's weird. what I've been posting on social media. Weird realities, and I figured. I mean, it's a huge gamut. I mean, if you wanted to get really down and dirty and then talk about what kind of alternate dimensions, well, there's different ideas of different alternate dimensions. Um, if you think about string theory, I mean, just one of the ones I've been looking at for a long time, it's the idea that there's multiple dimensions connected uh, throughout the bulk, basically. The physicists call it the bulk on these things called membranes, or they call them brains. It looks good on math, apparently. I mean, they can prove, they haven't proved string theory, but they can show the theory on math in with math but they can't actually, you know, there's no way to scientifically test it. For those of you who are wondering um, what exactly alternate dimension would be, it'd be almost the equivalent of what you'd think of cyberspace and VR. A, a way to for an existence to actually happen without actually being the same as your current state. So think of it as like a... Uh, different kind of avatar in another type of uh, uh, dimension. Kind of like the Matrix, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that that would be like us existing in another universe, but being made out of like uh, protoplasm, like or or something like a that'd be like a, the consistency of pasta, you know, and, that, and because uh, the electrons would exist differently, and we would not be as solid as we are. So that's the way to kind of think about it in in one sense, or being able to exist as electricity, you know. So being able to think of uh, being in another place in time would be possible just by instantaneous thought. Um, That's concept. a really, I think, complex way of thinking it. And it's, a, it's not really, it's not a bad way of thinking of it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the best, uh, so, uh, that's the way I could think about it in my head, you know, without uh, getting too complex. So, um, I did a lot of, uh, thinking of this subject when I was younger because I when I was younger I wanted to be a quantum physicist yeah because I, I watched quantum leap way too much so but it got me into the realm of thought of how I wanted uh, to get into the world of science because I really liked it but you know I just never went down that path and you fell in love with Scott Bakula <laughs> he's hey for for all the Star Trek fans out there he really he really was a Good captain. I don't care what anybody says. I loved him in Enterprise. That was a good show. Uh, it should have got a year five, but oh well. You know, yeah. take him and lose him. Maybe in an alternate reality, there actually was a season five. So I don't uh, think I ever watched that one. I mean, I watched some Quantum Leap, but I mean, out here, you know, you get we'd have cable, then our dad would get rid of it, and all of a sudden, there's no more Quantum Leap. We're like, dude, what the? We were just getting into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of like Highlander. Well, that's another one. Alternate reality. Highlander. Mm. Coming from basically alternate dimension to Earth. Mm, it was more... I think it was uh, based on yeah, the whole origin story, which they kind of discounted um, after Highlander 2. I mean, I could be wrong, but in Highlander 2, that's what it makes it seem like, is there's an alternate dimension there where they send uh, the criminals to Earth, basically. They came from uh, the planet Zeist. Uh, I don't know if that was exactly supposed to be in an alternate version of reality where it was kind of like a representation of another Earth. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, the I watched that movie and I just got to you know, watching some recaps of it, like from um, those movie reviews on YouTube. People always reference that movie as being the, like the worst in the series. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Good fix. Flicks, bad flicks. Or yeah. Uh, Minty's comedic arts. Dun Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so that'd be a reference to Greg from work. Oh yeah, Greg is. He he will never listen to this because he's a. Uh, we don't play old fogey music, so sorry, Greg. <laughs> so uh, alternate dimension would be something like a uh, us being able to transport ourselves into a reality like off the mist you know or um, where they pulled all those i mean not in in the in the original video game doom doom the idea yeah. was is they did these experiments and then all these demons came out from basically hell but in the mist right they're creatures from an alternate dimension kind of like along the same lines of stranger things or like in that uh scene in dr strange wind ancient one shows him um, through multiple multiple dimensions all at once to get him to have the experience of opening his mind rather than uh, having him uh, just, conf you know, 
have his own perception of our reality as being the only one. He, she wanted him to expand his uh, his mind to the possibilities that there's other things um, besides our universe that well, are out there. Well, Robert, how would how do you have any suggestions on how to expand your mind? Maybe. Well, I think um, I'd go to Joe Rogan route. Maybe Joe Rogan. Uh, what is what is that? DMT or mescaline? I'm not I'm not advocating any of that, but. I mean, that's traditional shamanism. and tra- traditional shamanism, that's usually the route. I mean, that's considered, what, traditional Yaki Indian medicine. Uh, I, I believe there's some truth to that. I mean, uh, if there is a way for us to get uh, a better perception of what the future may hold or, the thing, or some truth to our lives from an alternate point of view, I think some people should explore that. Because, uh, I don't know, I've seen many reports uh, where people who have uh, suffered traumatic brain injury or went through something uh, tragic in their life or pro- post-traumatic syndrome, you know, um, I'm not saying that's the cure-all, end-all, but I think it should be considered an option. The panacea. That's that's the fancy word for it. I, I always think of that. Like when somebody says, this is the cure-all, the panacea. And, and then there's really no such thing because philosophers talked about it. It's the same thing like as the philosopher's stone, things like that. The philosopher's stone is not the same as the sorcerer's stone, so people, we're not talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> so I just think it would be a way for some people to get through some, some uh, bumps in their life that could really help. Yeah, like a spiritual awakening of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's just like we were saying um, on a episode a couple episodes back, where the opiate crisis has gone down ever since marijuana has been legal in some country, uh, some states and countries. And uh, I think that's a good thing, but uh, I don't know everybody feels that way. But it, yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't had, haven't partaken in anything like that for at least ten years, and uh, I. You know, it has no, it hasn't had really had a lasting effect on I me. Mean. There's also other other routes like uh, meditation. Yes, like which, uh, deep focused, like transcendental meditation has shown the same. You know, uh, increase your levels of DMT as well, and because it's already it's already naturally existing in the body. Uh, and your perception of a dimension can also be uh, relevant to how you uh, perceive a dimension. Because, you know, which is the same thing, yin, yang, whatever. But it's like the difference between uh, having the lights off and everybody talking in the dark. And all of a sudden you turn the lights on and you see something, you see it in a whole different light. Literally. But that's the basic human, uh, basic soft equivalent, I could say. That's Plato's allegory of the cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put in the modern terms, people. Hmm. Uh, didn't they teach? They teach that. Did they teach that at Eastern? Because there was a professor at um, Central that taught that. Western. Yeah, at uh, Western. That I'm was sorry. one of the ones I think a lot of people talked about when they're talking about just uh, seeing things with a different point of view. I think in in anthropology we always talked about on every single class. Plato's allegory of the cave. The, the allegory is basically uh, about a man who's in a cave, and there's a fire, and then. These shapes and things he sees are the shadows that which are created by the fire from whatever is beyond the flames. But he doesn't know what's out there. He's been there his whole life. He doesn't know what these shapes are or anything. I mean, the shapes could be anything. It could be a in our own in our own version of it. A dude could walk by 
and create a, a shadow of a human being, but how would he know it's a human being? How would he even know he's a human being? Mm-hmm. And really, is that what the outside world really is? Yeah, I mean... It's, uh, it's an exercise of, it's a, what is it, a thought experiment, exercise of the mind. It's not meant to necessarily have, like, a definitive answer. The, the whole idea is, is to, you know, exercise your brain muscles. To look at things, look at the world from a different perspective. And uh, there's substances that can do that for you, but it is always recommended for some. No. No, because you might end up like uh, Sam Berkowitz. And yeah. <laughs> And start talking to the neighbor's dog. Yeah, so well, that's not a that's not recommended at all. Well, I, I talk to the neighbor's dog all the time. I think I've heard you yell at it. Yeah, <laughs> throw rocks at it. But like, I was trying to put it into a, a way I could understand it, explain it to my wife. Oh, uh, it's, it's uh, you're going to end up seeing things that you know, in your normal day uh, perception. I had a psychedelic experience, uh, you know, a few times, and my first time, it was uh, very disturbing, and uh, uh, mostly because I, I had a really bad physical reaction, not in a in the worst sense where I was going to be uh, medically uh, induced, you know, or some kind of coma or anything, but I was feeling like I couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> and. Uh, and it, I mean, it just went on for almost like four hours straight. But you probably were at the point where you're like, am I ever going to stop laughing? And it probably yeah. scared you a bit, I bet. It hurt. It hurt. About the third hour, I was in agony. I had to stop. And I had to, I had to literally uh, stick my head in under a cold shower to uh, get myself snapped out, uh, back into shape. But you, you end up seeing some things that you would normally not see in your everyday existence. And uh, was it was that recommended? I, I guess so because it gave me kind of gave me a, a, the thought that maybe uh, what my life is is not all there is. To, you know, it gave me a little bit uh, stepped outside of myself so I could feel that maybe I am wasting my life a little bit by not doing things I I want to. You know, the, the not things. living to your full potential. Basically, yeah. I mean, I think I've had those kinds of experiences too, where you just. You wake up and you're like, what am I doing? And then you end up somewhere probably better in life. Yeah. A lot of times it's not advised to actually take it if you don't have uh, like the right set or setting, you know, if you're going to do something like that. Um, those are like highly spiritualized journeys, which uh, should be guided, I believe, in, 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 a real, um, in a real professional sense. I, I would say that. I, I, that you need a, a guide purposely to guide you, and I feel like, in, in a sense, you also need to know the kind of questions you want answered before you go in there. Else, else you end up laughing. Or like me, I was uh, spent probably like twelve hundreds of blan- hours under a blanket. You know, scared. <laughs> spiritual, uh, spiritual guide, so to speak, and that's which is very prevalent in most Native Native American lore, which I can say from usually my- an experienced medicine man or shaman. Yeah, and they'll help you get through that, and they'll find your own personal guide to where your life should, the direction, not the clear, not the marked out path, but the kind of like the direction, you know, where your your fate and your destiny kind of lies, yeah. you know, because all the medicine man is going to show you is, you know, is going to show you is the compass, and it's your job to take it and 
and to follow it, follow it yourself. He ain't gonna tell you, you know, exactly, you know, all the details, but eventually you'll uh, your own, I don't know, your own uh, personal watcher, your own personal guardian angel, whatever you want to call it, which I think is all in the same thing. Ooh, eight. Alistair Crowley called it the HGH, the Holy and Guardian Angel. And I think uh, it manifests itself in, in its own way to you, and you, it will help you point to the, the mountain that's which you're supposed to climb and, and get to. You know, So I really believe that because there are times in my life when I know something's going to happen just by the uh, certain, certain circumstances and... You know, I don't know what exactly can happen, but I know something's going to happen. You can decision. you can feel it. It's just like a mm-hmm. instinct, more, more than instinct. Actually, it's more. I think uh, it'd be more akin to the word "giri" from the, Japanese. I, I have like a weird experience with that because I used to listen to Pantera a lot, hmm. and I have this really weird experience. I've never really told anybody, and I feel like it has something to do with what we're talking about. You know, different realities, weird realities, because I was thinking. Um, how things or people can be connected and we don't know it. How are they connected? Maybe possibly through these other realities. They go through and then they come back and loop back and connect. And and that night that uh, Daryl Abbott lost his life, you know, when he was playing on stage with Damage Plan, uh, that night I had like really, really a bad dream, bad sleep, and it was really horrible. I felt like something bad was going on. And then my brother came in the room and he said, hey, Daryl Abbott just got shot. He's dead. Dying big Daryl. I was like, wow. I was like, well, I, I think, I didn't think that then, like, wow, I felt that. Like, I feel like I had some kind of connection, possibly maybe even through the music. Mm. You think about it too, m- music, it creates waves, harmonic waves. Uh, I mean, it affects a, you. a lot of stuff is governed by waves. And, and, and your dimension can also not just be your your perception of sight it could also be you know your perception of sound it could change your wavelength your the way you're tuned to this reality i i, I totally physicists actually can back they back this up they say that our harmonic frequency to our universe if it if if it's off just by so much and they say that this truly does exist because uh electrons and protons you know quantum theory it exists in a state where it's it's got like a like back to string theory where it goes to a certain frequency and if your frequencies you know it has a small variable of just by a little bit you might be able to perceive things that you may not normally normally perceive such as may, like a, in some cases maybe slip into uh alternate reality for yeah. for a few days or see things that nobody else can see like the aura of another person or even hear infrasound. I mean, there's sound that we hear on a daily basis. And infrasound has no, been known. We can't even hear it. We can't detect it as humans. But it's been known to make people sick. I mean, it's it's documented. Yeah. Or being able to. One of my favorites is like a, the Dr. Manhattan perspective where you're able to perceive more than one um, um, time at, at any given uh, moment. So being able to uh, Experience past, present, and the future all in one moment because everything's the same to you. And, you know, you you know what you're going to be doing in five seconds, and because it, it already exists in your memory and your thoughts, and which I really liked. You know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Doctor Manhattan's a Watchmen character 
from uh, DC. And he already knew all that bad stuff was going to happen anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and the only reason why he couldn't perceive it is because there was a a, a large uh, uh, physics event. So, you know, the atomic bomb that disrupts everything. A large uh, energy release that threw his perception off. That's that's, 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 an EMP. Yeah, such as like being in a loud concert. You know, you're you're not gonna be able to um, perceive what the person in the backstage is is uh, saying. If it was, you know, that's a difference two hundred feet with a big band playing in front of you with big megaphone speakers. But if it was like a normal, it was like a field out in the plains, you know, in Montana, two hundred feet, you might be able to hear somebody talking to you. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Is is that your perceptions are are generally. Um, based on what you can is what of what's not getting in the way and what's helping you tune so well, maybe ours are ours are human perception is fine highly fine-tuned to a specific environment in which we live in you know and we, and we notice dogs can hear more than we can and sometimes you know other certain birds can see better than we can etc you know there's other animals that have more sense touch than we do Mm-hmm. better taste, better smell, um, have more nerve cells than we do, or, or way more developed with their senses than we are. It seems like better with spidey. humans, we're, we're lacking, highly undeveloped in the whole sense area. Better better spidey sense, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I always so like if you think, well, you, you go and uh, take some mystic plant, then all of a sudden it... Uh, opens up that channel which usually is closed to like two millimeters and it opens it up to four millimeters that's going to make it a huge difference in what you're able to be able to perceive and know out in that world and that's not always the case sometimes sitting in a quiet forest and hearing everything that's going on you can you allow yourself to experience it i think a lot of people we find things distract us so we we don't experience that. Like like when you sit down and you can hear. I remember growing up in what, way out in West Wapato. And if you were quiet enough at night, you could hear the train all the way in town. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like being in the middle of the forest and having that perception of tasting the clean air. Yeah, the clean air. You can actually taste the clean air. Yeah, and having it, you know, have a spike that sense in your brain of knowing that you're getting pure oxygen, you know, somewhere. I remember that feeling in Montana. It's one of the feelings I missed the most is that nice taste of crisp, clean air in your in your, in the back of your head. You know, you can and it wakes you up and it makes you. Uh, you can actually feel your energy being revitalized. You know, and maybe that's a secret to uh, immortality <laughs> is uh, being able to not consume so many bad things for you for you for your body and uh, being living in a clean environment. Having clean water and clean air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like hippie, but geez, I, mean, uh, I think that would be a way to go. Clean food. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to be able to have uh, venison on my plate every day and some fresh vegetables I grew myself. But, you know, and the trappings of modern society, you know. Well, you that's know. that's in your alternate reality. I, I mean, I, could I live in a cabin for a whole year without electronics? Yeah. Could I do it without uh, some books to read? Probably not. I don't think that'd be worth it. <laughs> no. I don't think life would be worth living. <laughs> no. Uh, 
you know, uh, if I had my wife and kids, I could probably hack it. But you know, I'd need I'd need these at least need a, a college thick li uh, library book, you know, or you know, or dictionary, you know, go to Malcolm X route and copy every every word out of the, out of it. But uh, that's I'd say that's one of the trappings of modern societies. Uh, your you know my addiction to literature. Well, and another trapping is is you think that. Well, this is it. There's there's nothing else. There's there's only A or B, and maybe there's C. I don't know about C. Um, yeah, there there might not be another another dimension. If there's another dimension, I can't believe in heaven. Well, maybe maybe there is a heaven. You, you know, people get trapped in all these questions they ask themselves because they they just can't just stop for a minute and and like let themselves go in that moment. And not realize, well, maybe there are all these multiple things going on all at one time. And I think humans, they get this kind of anxiety because we're on the verge of taking this next step in evolution, mental and spiritual evolution. But it's just like that breaking point we need to reach. And when we reach it, I think it'll be better beyond that point. I think our electronics are probably... In our modern, in our modern society, is pushing the next step already, and the signs of it are is the signs of children being born at an exponential rate with autism. You know, because it's something we do not exactly have a handle on what's what what is causing it, and where it, it really is going to lead the you know a good majority of the human race in the future to. Is there, are they going to be better at electronics? Uh, they're going to be. I can tell you one thing: they're going to be less hampered by some emotion uh, emotions. They're going to be highly more specialized, mm -hmm. and they'll be able to do it really well. But if you go up and and start talking to them while they're doing it, they're going to get really mad at you. <laughs> it, it's it'd be like the same difference between us and uh, somebody from the pioneer days. I suspect we'd have a whole different set of morals, uh, society. Uh, rules that we're used to and different language of speaking and a uh, different way of perceiving everything and you got to admit the education uh, of today even uh, middle school education is much more superior than uh, it was back in the early 1800s well what well, the kids are learning in middle school today they're i was like that was they, a college equivalent they were teaching that in high school like yeah they're, they're you're like learning okay. like geometry and trig trigonometry in middle school and they they're not when we were kids, they weren't teaching that until you're like a senior, junior. I was looking at my daughter's homework, and I was completely confused. And some of the concepts they yeah. learn are, you know, on calculus level. And it's and if it's it's really strange how uh, kids who with autism are really good with electronics. So which is you know uh, makes makes me believe that this is what is pushing our society. I gotta get a drink of coffee. That's so. gonna go. <laughs> yeah so our uh I, th I think our next step is you know is going to be help push and maybe autism itself is going to be end up um, being uh open up a whole new perception for humans in the future well, well the problem i mean the thing with that is like i think what you're going towards is people don't realize it they're calling it bad bad but maybe they need to find the good in it yeah like in anything um you know, the, you know the surprising thing is is it's not just happening here, 
where they're saying it's caused by all the radio waves and the vaccines we're giving our kids and the food that we're feeding them. It's happening in other countries, like in the third world, you know, where they're, you know, they're not exposed to so many uh, of those things, but it's still happening everywhere. It's It's just happening here faster. That's all. It's natural selection. I think it's, I think maybe uh, we're or it's a no. it's artificial selection since we're the ones pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some some uh, um, humans uh, the the human race some are getting breeded out a selection already. So you ever you notice the high amount of sterile Americans there are in this country? <laughs> the, the birth rate has really declined. You know, and I, I think they're taking the Chinese route and not telling anybody. Yeah, I think it's good. They watched that video. Uh, half a billion Chinese people can't complain. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, okay. you know, but you know, strange thing is that you know you're not really seeing that in Canada. <laughs> At least I don't think so because there's as many Canadians as there were. There was more Canadians than there were you know 50 years ago. You know, was, I remember reading one census from from way back. It was like 10 million people lived there at one time, and now it's quadrupled that. I think. It's because they're their own own reality there. <laughs> yeah, lived up there. Um, and I really liked it. I wish I could go back for for a little bit, at least during hockey season. I miss hockey, which is coming up next month. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you see that uh, th- uh, this week? Uh, Dan Aykroyd was on Joe Rogan. Really, he was. And he was talking about how um, the Roswell incident wasn't. Uh, just a, it came back to, it reminded me of something we said in a previous episode where we were talking about uh, how that was like the landmark, the the zero point event, you know, like the the start of uh, the UFO phenomena. I thought 1492 was. No, I was talking about, you know, like the Trinity, the Trinity uh, test in the New Mexico desert where they were, you know, the first, they set off the first atomic uh, weapon. You know, and the... That's when the UFO started showing up showed up, up two years later. Well, Aykroyd had uh, had uh, postulized from something he heard from uh, a physicist and uh, a, some uh, UFO uh, ufologist that they were not attracted from outer space, per se, but the disruption of two atoms splitting and the release of that energy got the attention of beings from other dimensions. Yeah, because there's I was just thinking that there's enough energy in that in a nuclear blast. I mean that's that's what they're doing at CERN. Mm-hmm. They're smashing atoms together to try and find alternate dimensions. So it'd be like uh hearing a knock, you know, uh, but you know, from somewhere in a room but not being able to find it. And maybe that's the reason why we had so many uh people or beings coming um, to our world and trying to find, you know, where the source of this knock was, you know, on the space fabric of t- uh, time. And then in these beings, I think, because they're from a different d- dimension, if they see an atomic warhead, how are they going to actually know that's what's causing the knock? They're yeah. not. Yeah, they, they would, you know, they would uh, see it. What maybe? What? How many time, How many electric? How many atomic bombs have been actually set off? Uh, there's been over 40 tests of them, right? Uh, South the South Pacific, the Russians had theirs. Korean, French, didn't Korea just recently do yeah. North Korea? And then India and Pakistan. Yeah, and uh, North Korea, 
if I remember right, that's it was just not that long after that they had a bunch of sightings off the coast of San, off the coast of San Diego. You know, uh, of new uh, UFO sightings. You know, all over the world. I think there, because there could be some truth to that. You know, yeah. or you know, because the North Koreans are going to be kind of you know, if anybody's going to be kept out of the loop of what's really going on with the beings from another world, it's going to be them. Well, the, <laughs> well, this goes back to also Skinwalker Ranch too when. There's a, a story that told by uh, Robert Bigelow's team. One of the one of the scientists on the team. They're up on a, on the ridge and they're looking down towards an area on the ranch. And they saw like a terror, a hole appear just out of nowhere, like a terror. And then this creature popped out of it, a terror in thin air. This is like a little bit taller, dark shaped creature popped out of it and took off somewhere. I was watching... Um, I kept saying it was Bigfoot, but I don't know. I was watching this documentary uh, on YouTube. There was this guide who uh, takes people to the Superstition Mountains, and he kind of uh, shared some of these wisdom he had gotten from some of the medicine men that he had uh, met in his time in Arizona. You know, because Superstition Mountains are right next to... Uh, not that far from Phoenix. You can actually see the lights of Phoenix from there. And they, and one of the theories or the postulations that uh, he got from this medicine man was is that the, when they started building more um, city structures with, that had electricity in them, it changed the fabric of how these things interacted with our physical reality. And that they had, because they, it had something to do with electricity, the, the disruption of their natural, the natural flow. And so like it disrupted, disrupted the fabric of space and time. Mm -hmm. And where, where quantum physicists often think you need to have tons of energy. What if you don't need tons of energy? What if you need a certain amount and sometimes it lets stuff in and we really cannot see it? It, it's just, it would be like the same effect as a uh, cell phone in dark territory. You know, and or getting up on a mountaintop that's high in, uh, with rich mineral deposits and ore. Which is something that happens right here in the Yakima Valley. If you, anyway, you're driven near uh, Rattlesnake Ridge and trying to talk on a cell phone, or they get their radio interrupted, it's it, it, imagine something that's able to tune it more, a little more precisely. And maybe that's the reason why some of these hot spots of uh, U activity are not so surprising. You know, such as ley lines and you know uh, certain mountain, certain mountains. Maybe the uh, mountains like Mount Ararat, you know, in yeah. Iran or. Mount Adams here, I mean, because mm -hmm. of a, uh, it, it's a volcano, so it's like there's all kinds of, there's probably there's probably a giant, uh, yeah, electrical magnetic field just coming off of Mount mm -hmm. Adams that we cannot see, and maybe it, it builds it up like a uh, water fountain, you know, once it starts filling, then it will actually open up that dimensional barrier, and things will be able to walk through, it exists here for a while, and then. And maybe they'll start fading back into their reality. Or they come here, they don't know what, you know, they're in a different alien environment. They panic, attack, and then they um, end up dying because they can't, uh, you know, maybe our environment is poisonous to them. Possibly. You know, they're not used to breathing in nitrogen, oxygen. Or it's know. corrosive to them, and then they, mm -hmm. there's nothing to actually you know have ev there's no evidence of them ever existing and maybe that's the reason why you can't find a body because they they break down right after death you know uh, it starts do 
air and the soil eats at their in their their natural state of being and you know you got nothing left they're totally discorporate uh i don't know I mean, there's a just a term for that but i can't think of it off the top of my head discorporated if i remember right and uh, that's why we don't see these things I mean, we never find a body and we don't find physical evidence you know maybe that's why we don't find bigfoot ever <laughs> still looking for him still looking for him Willie he's, him. he's a multi-dimensional being that's uh from the wookie planet <laughs> i hey that's a good like uh, i've always said before you know that's a good theory as any because there ain't nobody out here telling you know there, no hard evidence from a scientist or some paleontologist or anthropologist saying you know bigfoot's not real and hey i you know you know a hundred years ago you know pandas were thought not to be you know a real creature and they went out and found them so uh like uh, how that one cat there's a type of tiger in africa that has uh spots instead of stripes a liger mm, yeah that supposedly uh they actually found one uh from they actually had it stuffed and mounted somewhere in some museum or game trophy museum in Africa. Or like those those fish they've always thought were extinct for, I don't know, maybe a million years, washed up on shore somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really weird. And maybe that's the reason why we get these uh, stories of uh, giant, you know, sea creatures. Maybe there's these fissures in, like in Pacific Rim, there's actually fissures inside the ocean. Because water is very malleable. It's one of the most abundant uh, elements in the universe. And it's probably truly the way to travel between, you know, alternate uh, dimensions and probably realities where life exists is a, a different state, you know. Uh, like, such as being able to uh, exist as a, 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 you know, purely in thought. Which I, maybe that's where our fictional characters actually come from. Because they actually exist somewhere. Which would be a nice thing to kind of like in, in some mythologies, you know, you fall you fall into the lake, and all of a sudden you come out and you're someplace different altogether. And maybe psychic powers don't really—they're not really a, what you'd call a, a generated from within, but it's something that just some people are more attuned to. You know, they have a natural predilection, you know, fit by by biology, to you know tap into these powers or tap into these alternate uh, sources of uh, reality and draw energy from it and express it in our physical world in a, in a way we're not used to perceiving and maybe that's the reason why humans can't do certain things anymore you know such a why we're you know maybe everybody every race was giants at one time we just got smaller as the as time went by because the energies that were there at one time don't exist anymore some people would say that's gravity question but I don't. I don't think that's true. You know, uh, like all humans were at one time different. You know, they they were the same uh, look, feel, height. You know, they ate the same thing. But as time went by, you know, humans went to different to different uh, places in the earth, and they evolved differently according to their environment. So, I think some people would say, well, you, do you take the other extreme of that is is that they would uh, is. Uh, exhibit different abilities to adapt to their environment being able to see things different be able to smell them different um you know have a sixth feel uh, sense that would develop where they know that you know some things are going to end up happening you know shortly you know in 
you know, like as a ability to have their race, you know, exist longer, more than longer than others. You know, and maybe that's why shamans were so revered. And, you know, like in your, like in your talk with Noe, you know, how, you know, shamans were the, the ones who helped uh, postulate and, you know, elevate a society beyond what it, what it was already. They were the physicists back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. And just in a different sense, you know. The, you and they know. gave you Advil back in the day, too. <laughs> yeah. They're the, all in one. You know, shaman and medicine men are, ju- are probably what you'd call your your bottom, your bargain basement uh, physicists. So, some of them were tricksters, too, and you'd call them old bastard. That's <laughs> I just think it would be, it, I think some scientists would probably benefit from, you know, Looking at uh, some of the some of the old world old wisdom, because I think they would tap in if they tapped into that what we know already. You know, it would probably end up being a little more, uh, a little more beneficial to the way they proceed in their careers because they can see things so much different. The younger generation seems to be of these scientists are, are seem to be doing that more and more. They're tapping into older traditions. Because I think they they've they've ran a wall with Western spirituality, whereas if you go with different belief systems, you you don't necessarily have to believe it, but you you go out and study all these how these people view the world differently. You're like they're almost living in their own realities. Everybody's living in a separate reality um, or in a dimension. It'd be like the how the hunters would go to the medicine man. Uh, or the shaman before they went on a hunt and they would ask him where is the game going to be at the next day and when they're when before they go to the hunting ground and they would you know the shaman would tell you know would go do his ceremony and come back and tell him you're gonna be uh, the game you want to find is going to be between two rocks you know at the where the sun is stands in, in this part of the day and you have to you, you know, and you you kind of know, but you don't have a, a a whole map, you know, of how that's it's going to go down. But you find yourself at that time and place where you know he says, and this is something that benefits everybody because the shaman gets fed too, you know, from yeah. from the same kill you you bring home. So it would it wouldn't do him good to mislead. You know, there's a lot of examples of how shamanism is basically a, a somebody who can perceive things way different from other people you know and may, it may not be i would say uh not necessarily a a a way for them to look into the future but just to say that this is the way the animals are are thinking right now and this is where they're going to be because they're scared of going being such and such place because they know they might get hunted there or the water is going to be you know, in you know, very plentiful over there, or the game is thinking that there's going to be food over here, and that's the reason why you should be there to you know to get it. <laughs> and it seems like the information they're getting too from the world beyond. It seems like it's more intuitive as well. Um, yeah, I, I, there's good examples of a shamanism. You know, um, you know, if you if you live in a Native American community, you know, there's. There's a certain sense that your people are, know th- certain things that, you know, that is not going to be believed by everybody. Like you pass it down, like, don't go over there. Wait, 
why don't you go? You just don't go over there. Yeah. You, and, and that's a big thing. Like when, when you come into that, that circle, you just, you just don't go over there. Did, we, yeah. Don't speak about this thing, you know, around other, you know, up from out with outsiders because they're going to look at you crazy and they're not going to believe you anyways. So, yeah. so just keep it to yourself. And, uh, so maybe that's an example of, you know, how our race has, you know, has an evolutionary trait that has, that is, uh, something that is unique to us. You know, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe that's the reason why Europeans seem to be so good at creating technology, <laughs> you know, and why, or why Asians are so good at, uh, being able to absorb knowledge at a fast rate, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, if there's any kind of, if there's a stereotype that's positive, hey, I think those would be two examples of it. Or they're really good at Overwatch, too. So, <laughs> Hey, uh, not being racist, I'm saying there's there's some good positive stereotypes out there, you know, that should be, you know, like. Embraced you know, yeah, a little embraced, bit. Embraced, yeah. If your race is good at being medical doctors, hey, why not? You know, yeah. I want I want to go to those guys, you know, when I get my next checkup. You know, they know what they're talking about, you know. Do I want some somebody who's race historically is good with money? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I want that guy being my banker, yes. Hey, wait, now you're, now you're going too far. <laughs> I know where you're going with that one. Hey, uh, hey, last name Myers isn't exactly, you know, steeped in uh, German aristocracy. Hey, Hydra. <laughs> I just had to throw that one out there. Yeah, yeah, I've been hearing that all week <laughs> at work. Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit. Uh, I found actually uh, the um, Hydra symbol on a post-it on my locker. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. I love Captain America. How am I not? How, how am I going to be a fan of that? <laughs> but I guess I watch, because I watch S.H.I.E.L.D. all the time. Everybody knows I do. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I love that. I love that show. Which is sad to say, it's going to be its last season. This next one is going to be like a ten episode run, unfortunately. So, but it's that's a really good show. Uh, going into its own little alternate, they they do a lot of alternate dimensions and realities on that one, which I really thought was really cool. What's going into its own alternate dimension of where the shows never get watched again? <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder like, what is it like? Uh, if there if there is alternate dimensions where all the bad music's at, and then you you pop up in there and like they all they're doing is playing elevator music over and over again. One of my f- or the Bee Gees, you just hear Bee Gees nonstop. One of my favorite things I was I was uh, when I was doing research for our show today, I was watching something on on YouTube where they were talking about music from alternate realities. Now imagine a reality. Where uh, Nevermind was not made by Nirvana, but made by Guns N' Roses. That'd be weird. And Guns N' Roses' best album, you know, uh, w- you know, was Nevermind, and you can hear Axl Rose singing, you know, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." That would be something. That would, that be, would be weird. That's like that's alternate history. That's the same. That's alternate dimension. And in Nirvana, you know, Kurt Cobain um, be, being uh, the lead singer. It, you know of Nirvana, but having a sound like Guns N' Roses singing uh, "Paradise," you know, "Paradise City," that would be something different. I'm, I'm trying to think of how that would sound. That just sound. Watch the video. You would, you, you or like a where um, Michael Jackson's greatest album was "Purple Rain." <laughs> God, "Purple Rain." 
Yeah. yeah. Or and uh, Prince's best uh, best song ever was "Beat It." <laughs> so if you can imagine <laughs> that, you know, if if you can if you can have those two thoughts in your head, that's what basically an alternate reality would be. But it's just um, our reality, but with a little difference in how things happened. Or what if what if there's one where Bill Cosby was white? No, he'd be free. <laughs> and, you know, Jeff Jeff Epstein would be meeting him at the door. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey man, good to see you. How's let's, it going? Let's uh, let's go down my island. You know, <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's well, what go. was it? We were, what were we talking about? How come you posted something? How come none of the billionaires have became Batman yet? And I said, well, because they're all they're all pedophiles. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what if there really is another dimension where all the billionaires aren't pedophiles and they're all Batman? Hmm. Uh, or my favorite take in, uh, on alternate realities has to be, you know, where like the mirror universe concept where, you know, everybody's got the evil version of themselves, just like in uh, Star Trek. And also, they also had that in DC Comics where, you know, where, uh, you know, Superman is Ultraman in the, in, on Earth 2 and the, the, he's in the justice, the crime syndicate of America. Not the Justice League. Kind of like Reversal that. Flash, too. Yeah, 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 which is a little bit strange. I always tease my kids, so like regular Flash runs forward, Reversal Flash runs backwards. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or there's a different version of um, Martian Manhunter. Oh, I got to laugh like this, though. Yeah. <laughs> where, where he's from Venus, if I remember right. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> but alternate realities? Wow. I think... You know, such as uh, there's this story I heard on the internet where there's this guy who said he existed in an alternate reality for three days where things had gone different. And it wasn't such so wild where, you know, they were still riding on horses or people had flying cars or something like that. It was like it was so close to our reality. Only things were just a little bit different. But history had changed uh, from like you know bush being elected to al gore was the president you know and because this story had taken place you know for like 12 14 years ago really yeah uh i can't remember you know everything how it went but you know there's there's multiple stories like that if if you, you proof of different realities uh alternate realities where people will sometimes slip through you know and exist somewhere where they shouldn't be existing. And maybe that's where, like, the story of Tor, uh, the man from Torrid. I, I remember talking that one with you uh, a few years back, where, you know, a guy who was at an uh, airport in Japan had a passport. Oh, yeah, the Torrid mm-hmm. man. Yeah, the man from Torrid. And they kept him locked up in a uh, hotel room, you know, till the next day to get things straightened and straightened out. And when they opened the door the next day, he wasn't there, and when they searched for his confiscated uh, passport and luggage, they couldn't find it. They couldn't find him, and, or proof that he had, the story was had anything to go on, coincide with the story, reality of the story. And maybe that was, for all we know, that could have been interdimensional cops, you know, cleaning up a mess, you know, because uh, supposedly Torrid was a country that existed between France and Spain and had existed for a thousand years. So, you know, and he had his documents from that place too. Everything was from that place. And he could point it. He, he said he could point at it at a ma- at, on a map. And uh, but it wasn't even on the map he was pointing at though, because he was in our dimension. 
Yeah, and he had previous markings from from uh, Japan, and he could he could call the uh, he he could name off the the company he worked at and the dealings they had in in, in Japan. And he recited people's names, and when they dialed the phone number, um, the person who he said, uh, who he worked with closely and could verify his story, knew, um, they, they, he, he answered to the name that um, the man from Torrid had given him, um, but they uh, he didn't know the, the man. And then what's really strange about this whole story is the guy... He didn't have uh, I can't remember recall ever him having a name, you know the you know the man from Torrid is just it's kind of like almost. This is what they legend. call him. Yeah, and as like I was saying before, is that maybe this is proof that realities exist right next to it. Maybe his his uh, his his atoms, his his electrons, his, his the stuff he's made out of was slightly out of alignment at the right time, and he slipped through the cracks. His vibration. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the reason why Yeah, so you get these strange stories, and this is the reason why maybe creatures that you've never seen before seem to you know pop out of uh, nowhere, and, and this, is where, this is how they are able to exist in our world and never be seen again. You know, and th- and maybe that's where our, our, some of our legends and exobiology in zoo, you know zoology you know the, the different the different cryptids that exist in those subjects they, maybe that's where they come from who knows i don't know I, mean, I, I have yet to see somebody explain you know where does everybody get the legend of a dragon you know or the, different dimensions or uh leprechauns or you know unicorns Maybe a unicorn, maybe that, the purpose of that horn is to travel between dim- different dimensions. And they, or yeah, existed at one point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they all got hunted to extinction, extinction and that's the reason why you don't see one, you know. They, I think we mentioned that before where uh, they said North Korea claims to have found a cave with a unicorn inside of it, you know, and, but they can't show it to anybody because it would, it, would, it would upset certain uh, world leaders or something like that. Uh-oh. That's the sound that we're going into alternate dimension right now. <laughs> oh. I, I, I was thinking with weird realities, you, you're talking about the man from Torrid, how there's another country, and I was posting pictures of the... Of like the pigeon feeding the humans and then the humans pecking out the food. And I, I started thinking about it. What, there are, what if there were these really odd out there dimensions where the animals are like walking us around? Or like there's the one where the where the little fat man walks across the computer and the cat's sitting there really typing away. And he gets annoyed and he pushes the old man out. And he, the man sits down on the computer and starts reading his magazine. He's like butt naked and the cat pushes him out of the way. I was like, what if there really are? I mean, the, the the possibilities seem like there'd be, it would be infinite, in, infinite possibilities. How many iterations of our universes could actually exist out there? Because I think any iteration, or maybe during the show, I spilled the, there's a version where I spilled the coffee on my computer. Maybe everything else is exactly the same in the whole universe, except for I spilled the coffee on the computer and we can't have the show anymore. Schrodinger, uh, it goes back to Schrodinger cat. Yeah, superposition. Yeah, where any event, it does have two outcomes. Um, And in some some instances, they have multiple outcomes. You know, where, you know, you take a left to work and you end up getting a car and 
you take a right to go to work and you get there just fine and your day goes about there's a good movie that's that explored this concept which i thought was really underrated it was uh um it started going as paltrow it was called i believe it was called a uh, uh, four seconds because that's all her reality was was a difference of four seconds where she missed the the, the subway train to go to work and her day went about normal and then it showed it how it went you know when she she uh, missed it she went home and she found her boyfriend and you know having an affair with a with another woman <laughs> you know it, i thought it was a really good concept or my uh when she just mentioned the weatherman yeah yeah with family, Nicolas cage yeah family man the family man excuse me yeah where he what is it don Cheadle. we don't know what he is but he sends Nicolas cage onto a just through a journey of where he finds out um what happened if he stayed with his high school sweetheart good movie and they get married and have kids, and then all of a sudden it's taken away at the end. It's kind of like one of those Christmas story movies too, like a, like he's he's a, like he's Ebenezer Scrooge almost. See, I think that would also. What was that one? Would God? What was that? Um, Jim Belushi, Mister Destiny. I don't know if you ever saw that one. That was a movie from the eighties where he finds out what his life would have been like if he would have hit a home run in a championship game and you know uh during his senior year his life totally takes a left turn and he ends up um going to the prom with the prom queen and whose father was rich and made him the the president of his uh, sports equipment uh, company and he ends up getting all the things he ever wanted before he went to that life, and he got the car he always wanted. He had the girlfriend he always, he had the wife he wanted, and he was still unhappy because you know because uh, well material things don't always guarantee happiness. You know what you you know the things you wish for don't necessarily translate into you know a how a, 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 a fulfillment of oneself and destiny like like the family man like yeah. he was he had all that he was a rich wall street guy and it was he wasn't happy with it yeah i could see how <laughs> money solves a lot of problems but it doesn't give you it doesn't give you everything that uh, fulfillment and everything but you know hey that's just my poor guy thinking i know dan Locke has a different way of saying hey, you know thinking that way well well money is a weird reality in itself we have faith and uh printed cotton that has no real value whatsoever mm -hmm. like you can like you if the, if you can you can trade it for gold anywhere like directly straight out trade it with the government for gold or anything like that like it used to be on the gold standard and it's just really weird um that people believe that this thing is like the penultimate thing of our society like there's some people that would trade all the money they had for the ability to see or walk again, you know, they would trade everything they have just to have that again, you know, and, you know, I'm, so you always got to think about how fortunate you are just to have that, those everyday things that you take for granted. Yeah. So I always tell my kids, you know, you got to be thankful, you, you know, you live in this country, you may not be the greatest, but be thankful. You know, you're not living in you know in you know some other place where there's law and orders is a is not a reality. You got food on your table here. Yeah. For now. You know, and you got a you got a way to support yourself. You gotta you know you don't have to go out and 
compete with 10,000 other people for the same uh, cup of water, you know, and bring it home. Yeah. Well, I always make my kids watch uh, some of those things on Vice TV, you know, about how things are getting worse in other parts of the world, you know, and uh, I try to make them aware, you know, how lucky they are to, you know, to be here, even though it may not be the greatest. That's why I always tell them, you know, I may not be the best parent, but if you look there, I'm not the worst parent either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm trying. You know, I mean, that's all I could say is. You know, that's, I can't, I, that's most parents. We all we're all trying. <laughs> yeah, that's my internet laugh. Sorry, I got to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, I really think that you know, you're. You know, that's that's basically your perception of reality. Also, you know, you're. It'd be way different if you grew up somewhere like Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know where you know drink your your religion, your culture, your language. They they shape our perception of reality. How reality is. I mean, language seriously shapes our perception of reality, but we totally neglect to see that it does. It's like, or like uh, living in a country like somewhere like China or Italy, where the the car laws are kind of like a uh, guideline, not really a law per se. Yeah. You know, the laws of physics still went out. You're not going to be like the native of that country where you're going to be able to be on your guard at all times from some car that's going to be zipping down the street at 80 miles an hour. And, you know, us Americans, we step out in the street like, you know, like, you know, because we expect the car to stop, you know. (laughs) Well, most people stop. I mean, I mean, I think more people drive crazy now than they did 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, or like somewhere like the Autobahn, you know, in Germany, you know, where they could. I said, well, of course, I don't think that happens anymore over there. I think uh, they actually do have speed limits now. But yeah, where they could drive down as fast as they wanted. That's why you always, everybody always bought Lamborghinis and those high performance sports cars where they could. I just thought of that yeah. German guy on Super Troopers for some reason. Which one? Which one? Oh, the guy with yeah. the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dun, 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 yeah, he's listening dun, dun, to that, that dance music. Yeah. All right, let's go get back to the cell with your pretty wife. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thorny. Please, I, please let them make Super Troopers 3. They, I, I haven't heard anything about them do it, but please. They, the last one was self-funded, totally self-funded. And I watched it not that long ago. It was really good. All That's right. on your wish list. Yeah. That we're, we're putting out there on the air. And In case they're listening. If they can make a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Part 3, they can make a Wayne's World Part 3. Everybody, get on your... Uh, on your well, they on can your, make Rambo. <laughs> yeah. If Stallone can make Rambo. Yeah. Dana Carvey and Mike Myers... Got to finish that trilogy. Please finish it. Everybody Was it get... a trilogy? No, no. That's what I'm saying. Wayne's World 3 needs to be made. It's got to be made. You know, it may, it may be some alternate reality. It already has been made. Maybe that's all they've been watching in some alternate reality. <laughs> Maybe well, that's where we got it was some alternate reality. And they went back. Everybody get on your phones, your internet devices. Start hashtag Wayne's World 3. Get it out there. Make it go viral. Somebody, please help this movie. If get you're made. really, uh, if you're a millennial, you're not going to know what Wayne's World is. <laughs> well, I actually, feel sorry for you. I was confused to the definition of that. 
they said anybody who's born after 1984 is a millennial. From 1984 to 2005, I think. I was always under the impression that it was people born around the millennia because... Yeah, like I, I didn't know that, but that's one definition of it. I think it has multiple multiple definitions. They must have changed it because I think Generation Y came after X, and I technically would have been an X, but then people changed that, said, no, you're a Y. Well, then, well, then Ys would be millennials then, and um, I was... 20 years old at the turn of the century. I wasn't born then, but I was, we were what? Most of us didn't have cell phones or all the stuff that the millennials like think is a necessity or um, they live in their own little dimension. It's called Facebook. It's one thing I liked about our, uh, I think that's unique about our generation, generation X. And that, that's what I would prefer to label myself. Is is that we seem to have a better sense of self, you know, depreciation. No, we don't think of our, we don't take ourselves so, so literally and have this grand sense of self importance in the universe. I kind of, I think that's one thing I really think we appreciated about our our generation is we didn't think of ourselves as being the lords of the of the earth and the gods of you know of our society. You know, I think we kind of. I know there are some examples of that going the other way, but you know, yeah. But I think the majority of uh, our generation kind of understood, you know, that we're society's caretakers, and we're just kind of trying to help, you know, and we shouldn't take ourselves so literally and make ourselves seem more important, you know, because. And we had better music, except yeah. for disco. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I don't know. We did have better music, that's for sure. But you know, it was it was it seemed like it was so short. It seemed like it was so short. You know, because you know, recently I've been rediscovering my love for the Wu Tang Clan. So, <laughs> you know, and that's because Robert likes Tang, because he wants to be an astronaut. Because <laughs> he heard they get all the Tang they want. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like somebody waking up Bill Clinton and hey, 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 you want to go to Pyong Tang? Hey, we, we can't like, talk ah, about Bill ah, Clinton, man. Ah, I don't want to. Oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Very controversial there. Oh, man. I don't want to. Yeah. Him and his Lolita Express. I don't, I don't know. But I would, you know what? I would love to visit the reality where Ross Perot would have become president. You know, that would have been, I think that would have been something to see. Maybe there's a reality where Dana Carvey is Ross Perot and he is president. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, that'd be something. To, yeah, that'd be, that'd be entertaining. And he goes by Dana Perot. <laughs> I'm yeah. Dana Perot. Yeah. With well, those ears. You know, uh, the one. Vote for me. The one reality is I always like to think of is, is the one where we have, uh, like Canada is the greatest country on earth. You know, <laughs> and they all got bobbleheads like on South Park, and and Mexico is its rival superpower, and you know we're just a third world, you know, you know, right in the middle, you know, which is kind of would be kind of fun. Every, and all every American's trying to sneak into Canada. <laughs> yeah. They're kicking us out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Mexico is the proponent of building a uh, electric fence you know, to and keep America. these Americans keep trying to get in here, keep them out. Are taking our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, America, man, it's a strange place to live at. You know, for all you our European listeners, 
you know, and over in a country and other country listeners, America, strange place to be a citizen of, strange place to, you know, to love, very hard to love, you know, but, you know, I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Wide open spaces. Yeah. Except maybe, except maybe New Zealand. Origin of the game, Cowboys and Indians and Smear the Queer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We used to play that when we were kids. I mean, I'm just quoting something from our generation these, these days you can't play that anymore and it's just like no, it, no. It, and well they would take it literally and be like well you're gonna go chase the gay kid and tackle him and hurt him and i'm like no that's not what it is you would call somebody that word and then you give him the football chase him and down and then then when it was his turn was done you give it to another kid you're not purposely going out and picking on kids you're playing a game with other boys that's it you know what's the one thing I just realized? And, the, and then the word didn't mean the same thing back then either. Yeah. It meant something completely different. That's what I was going to say. Is I just realized this generation currently has changed the, the how would you say? the Vernacular. The vernacular of the word gay. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't mean what it used to. It means, uh, now it means it's uh, dumb. I was like, okay, that changed. That's true, huh? Uh, they turned, when people say, yeah, it's gay. They mean, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. And I was, because um, my, my um, daughter said that the other day, and I kind of was about ready to snap on her, and she didn't know what the hell I was getting mad about, and then she, and then she explained herself to me, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, you know, because, you know, I was getting ready to say, you know, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm take, you know, my, my brother, you know, he's gay, you know, my, my daughter's gay, you know, so, you know, don't, you know, don't be saying that around what me. If, you know, what if we're living... In a, in a time, a period where two dimensions that have completely different definitions for words are bleeding. I'm not even joking. That could be like an iteration of how many different dimensions there are. You know, I mean, take, for example, like string theory. The math can show that 11 dimensions exist. So we we see and we, we live in three dimensions. We don't really see the fourth time. We kind of experience it. But we don't see the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, ninth, and tenth. There's the eleven dimensions, and they they show it with the math. Oh yeah, the uh, Miju Kaku was just um, put out a video about that. Yeah, the eleventh dimension, where everything kind of is like a malleable uh, mush that exists not so much in a permanent state, but uh, almost fluidic, like a um, the same mush you're talking yeah. about, the yeah. malleable mush. Yeah, and. And it's it, it's almost like it exists in black and white, you know. Yeah, but they but they're saying these are the the like the the dimensions to like the geometrical dimensions almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of 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 our own of our own dimension, if you can say it like that, a dimensions of a dimension, of one dimension. God, I forgot the name of that math. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was I was. Uh, when it, that was part of the. It's not Euclidean geometry. It's a, I forget what it is. It's something else. Trigonometry, wasn't it? It's not. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm not an extreme math guru. I mean, I could be if I wanted to, but I think I've been frying my brain too much with classic literature over the last two years. So. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say that you know my life would probably be much better served if I had a better math skills. And if, if I ever really committed to math, I probably would be, you know, much better off in, you know, where I'm at. But, yeah. yeah. I'd probably be, in, <laughs> I'd probably be in some lab right now, um, you know, typing things in a supercomputer. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, supercomputer trying to do something, you know, trying to, <laughs> s- trying to solve uh, how to open up a, a energy source to power cars forever, you know. You'd be trying to open up an energy source to uh, that one place where Captain Kirk went, where all the green people lived. Oh, I no. want to go over there. Oh, no, no, no. That was uh, the, the the Orion Pirates. They had their own... Ne- they had their own uh, nebula that they uh, had uh, control over, and uh, they were kind of like a recognized an- anarchal dis- society. Um, explored very much more in uh, Enterprise, by the way. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Scott Bakula. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott Bakula. I got to laugh like that. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, so alternate reality being a divergent point of his uh, history that exists, you know, alongside ours with a present, you know, so there's probably many examples of that. And I think we, we you know, everybody can um, probably uh, see this in their everyday life if they've ever heard of the Mandela effect. Yeah. You know, where everybody has two sets of memories of the same event. You know, if I thought all, that was the effect where some people believe that Morgan Freeman's Nelson Mandela and no that's that's not no (laughs) no uh it was okay the Mandela effect itself is some people um they remember him dying uh, at the same time he had been freed and that there was in in this had bleed bled over from um, both realities and somehow people remember it the same they remember it differently for the same thing, for the same, uh, and like how, or also the Bernstein Bears, um, where how it's spelled differently. Yeah, spelled different in one way, <laughs> and which could possibly just be a typo. You know, people could just be reading too much into it. Where some, but some people remember it being spelled differently as they were kids, and some people, you know, didn't realize later, years later. That it was actually spelled uh, uh, with a n- another set of letters, you know, with like uh, where it said the Bearstein Bears. It was actually spelled with the B E Bearstein Bears. Yeah, it was spelled B E R N, or if I remember right. Or uh, uh, how like how people remember that movie Shazam. Yeah. Um, it was uh, starring Sinbad instead of uh, <laughs> yeah Shaq. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. I was like, when I heard that show was going to come out, Shazam, I was like, really? They're going to bring that stupid show back? I was <laughs> yeah. like, it's like that's dumb. It's like really. Or my favorite um, piece of uh, proof of the Mandela effect. There was there was there was this guy in Texas who had videotape of a car that had been on his property. Or been adjacent uh, on uh, on a property adjacent to his, he went to go film it, and it was made from it was a, a series of Ford that doesn't exist here, from like nineteen forty six or nineteen thirty six. Really? Yeah, and as far as he knows, this this model of car had never existed. You know, as as far as he could tell, and the the F on the Ford was different. Rather, and some people actually, that's part of, part of the, the way they think too, is that the, um, that uh, that's part of the Mandela effect where the logo of Ford has, cha- has changed from what it was from the way they remember it to what it, uh, what it currently was and currently is. You know, it's, it are two different um, 
ways it's, it looks to them. And they the, have two different sets of memories. And then it. the powers that be don't want anybody to know that it's real, so they just, oh, they're crazy. Well, some people think that the Mandela effect is the what they call the prime universe, which would be us. And, you know, that's very well, of arrogant. Of course, we didn't think we'd yeah. we're the prime universe. Yeah, it's very arrogant of us. I mean, <laughs> we're the divergence for every other reality there is, but, you know, but... Yeah. That, that's neither here nor there. But they think that sometimes that effect of where it, our realities merge back into each other. And that's come, that's come, some people have different memories. Maybe it's more like a wave, the wave going back and forth, back and forth. Like, like well, if you took two waves, but two waves that are going in and out of each other, like a seesaw almost. Or, you know, like two rivers meet each other again. Yeah. You know, uh, from, from where they were sourced from. And things are going to be the like the, con- the mineral content of the, of the first river is going to be different from the second one, and it's, when they merge together, it's going to it's going to be changing the same water again, but have a different you know a content uh, feel to it, you know. So maybe that's the re- reason why at su- such uh, points in history, why everything kind of like. Uh, so, you know, you wake up and you feel that there's something different about the world, and you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know there's a, there's a, there's a difference there. Like like maybe, in Building Seven is still there, we just don't know it. Yeah, some people perceive, like uh, that's part of the other part of the Mandela effect. They say they don't remember. Some people remember don't remember um, Building Seven collapsing. Some people same day. Yeah, wasn't even hit by anything. Yeah, some people do, and it's uh, some people don't remember the Pentagon being attacked, and some people uh, some people do, which is one of the most important events in American history, 9/11. Yeah, yeah which which was just what uh, two days ago. Yeah, and people want uh, they have different sets of uh, memories of how that. Well, it's happened. like it's like when the Palestinians were marched, what out of Jerusalem around what is it like 90 or 89 around there. Like, right after the wall fell, um, I asked a lot of people about that, and they're like, I don't remember that. I'm like, I clearly remember that on the news. Like, I totally remember, like, women and children being marched out, like, just regular people by Israeli military. And then we're, people are like, well, what did these people do wrong? They were Palestinian, and they're in Israel. That's the only thing they did wrong. I remember um, somebody was talking about on the Internet how they... Uh, how they perceived they had footage of the Pentagon being attacked in real time of seeing the plane crash into it and some people um, don't you know the majority of the footage is non-existent you know and that they they perceive it in two different uh, ways yeah that one there was one um, local news affiliate out there in Washington D.C. who clearly had the camera you know, um, doing an interview, and they saw in the background the plane crashing into the Pentagon. And I, I can't verify that story. I mean, I don't know, but you know, people say uh, in that area perceive it as happening. They saw it on on TV, and somehow they nobody else remembers it. You know, except for those few that actually got to see it. You know, and that's how these these little uh, stories come about. You know, about the Mandela effect. You know, where, you know, somebody had, uh, can swear that Putin's eyes were a different color at one time and now they're different, you know, from when he, you know, 
Hey, he had elected, contacts, yeah. man. He was trying something else. This could be, out. yeah, yeah. That day he had his nails done too. I mean, <laughs> he, I was mean feeling, he was feeling slick. You got to take some of these stories and urban legends with a grain of salt, you know, because yeah. they could be started from just the smallest, littlest difference of opinion and how uh, things went down. So you know, like you know how everybody could think that a uh, you know a uh, you know Tobey Maguire wasn't the first Spider-Man. You know, you know in reality that's true. Because there was that guy who started that Spider-Man movie back in the seventies. No, Jake Gyllenhaal was the first Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, or uh, there's been there's been reiterations of uh, way movies had changed. You know, their endings. You know, where at the Shawshank Redemption, there was a you know the, the ending where he got caught on a, you know in in the button. I've seen that movie a thousand times, and I was like, how was that? How was that changed? You know, people kind of remember it being a, having a sadder ending i was like no you know but i don't know I, that's just a, and then they're like how come nelson mandela's in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i knew andy and he he always seemed to have a way about him when he was walking the yard carefree care in the world yeah yeah that'd be something else yeah that was like having a creepy uncle yeah. well anyway it's it's getting late yeah i better wrap up so for all of you out there, um, we put out a feeler on, on Facebook a few days ago, some of our Facebook friends, uh, for invite for a uh, serious discussion with uh, some of the subjects we discuss and maybe you specialize. In. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Love on to the, have you on, on the show. show. Yeah. And I think Especially it, maybe somebody local, more local people. Which would be nice, but not required. You yeah. Know, James Simpson called in before, and uh, uh, we'd love to have somebody uh, who would be taking the time and be willing to or tolerate maybe just that. have James back on again. Well, we do need to do that follow-up. Yeah. We really do. Um, I had contacted somebody who from just today who wants to, would love to do, uh, he's a follower on um, this uh, alternate history discussion group. Really? Yeah, he would love to be on the show, and he was talking about the book that he is ready to um, publish um, about the Israeli-Palestine uh, conflict, how it went different. I was like, well, okay, I really have to, well, I have to give that a, a, a maybe. Want to do follow up with him too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alternate history has always fascinated me. I love Harry Turtle Love's work. Anyways, so like I like Coyote said, it's getting late. And uh, say good night, Robert. Uh, good night, good night, good night. I always say that for me and my fellow co conspirator. <laughs>